Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Hey everyone, Mad Max here, and I want to tell you about my bookie. They are the industry's leading online sportsbook and casino, and boy, do they have you covered. MLB, NBA, NFL, NHL, college ball, soccer, MMA, boxing, and more. Sign up now using the promo code ABSOLUTEDGEN. My bookie will meet you halfway up to $1,000 when you deposit. Whether you're at home or on the go, on your laptop or on your phone, it's only a few clicks away from placing your bets and making some money. Bet, win, and get paid with my bookie. Absolute sports betting degeneracy. Hey, everybody. Arch here, and it is Thursday after the main show, which can mean we're uh, talking UFC with the, with the boys. What's going on, James? With the lads, uh, yeah, I'm going very well, thank you. How about yourself, Arch? Oh, not too bad. Not too bad at all. And we've got Mason. <laughs> What's going on, Mason? How's it going, man? I'm good to be back this weekend. We've got a great card. The MMA gods have truly blessed us this weekend. We missed you last week. I had to listen to James drone on and on and on. Oh, I really felt bad on your half for that. <laughs> How are you guys doing? England, is it getting close to opening up back up, James? Um, or Mason? Yeah, yeah. I mean, certainly in our end, I think it's they're sort of mapping out sort of guidelines and sort of rules and regulations we can sort of ease back into and they're doing it bit by bit so every month or so they're introducing a new system so i think in a couple of days time you're allowed to meet with one person and then by the end of the month you can meet a group of six and then by the end of the next month you can go to the pub and then it just starts building up till june the 21st when they're completely going to get rid of the whole lockdown Mm. But uh, yeah, bit by bit, we're getting there. If I was your age, Mason, and I couldn't go to the bars, whew, my balls would be the size of grapefruit. So just tell you what, man. <laughs> uh, I mean, grapefruits. <laughs> June 21st is when it's all going down. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> Wait, is it bowling balls? Is that a better analogy, James? <laughs> hey, that's your analogy. I'm staying out of this. All right. <laughs> James is starting, if you haven't noticed, James is starting to look forward into his life. He's starting to realize he's got to get a job out there. So he's, he's, he's being very careful about what he says on the podcast nowadays. Yeah, I'm going to have to excuse my French every once in a while, because if I say something contra- um, controversial, you know, you look at this 
day and age, you see political correctness gone mad and there's too many snowflakes in the world. So I've got to be careful with what I say. Otherwise, I'll be in the, the thick of it. Yeah, well, <laughs> good job right there. Good job right there. <laughs> Don't bait me out. Don't bait me out, Arch. <laughs> All right, so we got one hell of a card this Saturday. Best card of the year, wouldn't you say top to bottom? Yeah, I'd say it's probably one of the best cards we've had in a while. I think it trumps um, 249, personally, in my opinion, because I know with 249 had a fair few. The main event and the main card was unbelievable. Had a couple of nice prelims, but from top to bottom on this one, it's literally stats. Like, you can... You can for UK fans and for European fans, you can stay up all night and will not be disappointed. Um, and that's why the UFC trumps boxing right now because Dana White and the MMA gods just sort of bless us every once in a while with these incredible cards, whereas you wouldn't get that in boxing. So this weekend's going to be an absolute cracker. Mason, what's your thoughts on the overall card? Over, yeah, like James said, in my opinion, this trumps 249. Last year we had, I'd say, three standout cards, and that would be 249, 251, and then Khabib Gaethje at 254, I believe. And I think this trumps them all. Last year, we had some great fights, but this weekend alone, we, we've got some amazing fights. And the rest of the month and even April, we've got some absolute bangers to look forward to. Nice. Well, let's get to it. You got me all excited here. <laughs> James, main fight. Main, uh, main, uh, the big fight, I guess. I don't know how to say it. There you go. Take it. <laughs> there you go. Boom, nailed it. Uh, yeah, the main <laughs> event between you know, Jan Blahovic. You right there, mate? <laughs> uh, Jan Blahovic and Israel Adesanya. Um, I t- genuinely cannot wait for this one. I think Israel Adesanya, I mean, the sheer audacity to jump from 185 to 205 is just, you, you've got to give him some respect because it's not easy. You, you look at the top killers at 205, these men can literally knock anyone out in a heartbeat. And for some reason, Israel Adesanya decides to gain an extra 20 pounds and compete with them. So you've got nothing but respect for them. When you break it down, one thing is clear. Jan Blahovic obviously is going to have the power advantage. There's no doubt about that. He's not necessarily the bigger guy, but obviously he's got the the more muscle, he's got the more fat, he's a thicker guy than Adesanya, which is obviously evident to see. And we've seen in the past some of Blahovic's uh, one-punch knockout power over Corey Anderson and Luke Rockhold. But the question is, will he be able to hit Adesanya clean? And not many fighters have hit. Is he clean? I think the only fighter we've seen him get rocked by is Kelvin Gastelum and he was formerly a welterweight but even then he went on to win the fight and if a, if a small welterweight can rock Adesanya then maybe Blahovic can but I think Adesanya's come leaps and bounds since the interim title win against uh, Kelvin Gastelum and we saw in the when he won the fight against Whitaker we just saw Robert Whisker sort of lunge forward in his attacks and Adesanya would sort of almost glide away from them using his footwork and his head movement. I think he's got to ha- adopt that same approach in this fight with Jan Lovic. I think at times it's going to be like a tactical chess match between the two. Lovic tends to be a bit flat-footed and doesn't really put the pressure on against his opponents that much. He tends to, to counter-punch like Adesanya. They're both terrific counter-punchers. But occasionally we'll blitz forward with heavy punches uh, rather than ending with a head kick to either the body or the head. And that's how you saw Jan Blahovic finish Reyes with those nasty body kicks. And again, we saw in the Costa fight, we sort of saw Paolo adopt the same approach that Blahovic tends to do. Like if you're flat foot against Adesanya, he will mercil- uh, mercilessly 
pick you apart. And I'm very much looking forward to Adesanya fight this weekend. It really is a, it's a tough one because we've seen with Adesanya, nobody can take him down. He's got a fantastic takedown uh, defence. But with Bohovic, his clinch work and maybe his grappling experience will may pay dividends in this fight because he's the bigger man. He's got the 20 extra pounds. So he might want to test Adesanya's takedown defence and try and get the fight to the floor because he's just so powerful and he's the bigger man. I think since, like I said, both the counter punches, this may end up being a tactical chess match. As I said, moving forward is very dangerous against these opponents. I think they're both going to sort of feel each other out for the first few rounds. I just think with Adesanya's sheer speed and movement on the feet, I think he's going to pick Lovic apart. But... I'm going to go for an Adesanya via third round TKO. However, that Polish power is legit. And if you're a gambler, if you're a better man, which I know you are, Arch, and don't we know it, you may want to lean some money towards Jan Lovic in this one because he may catch him and he may rock Adesanya. Um, and maybe the extra £20 may sort of play in towards Jan Lovic's hands because he's already experienced at 205 and Adesanya's never been up two weight classes before or weight class before so it'll be interesting to see how Adesanya fares but like I said I'm going for Adesanya but don't rule out that Polish pal Alright Mason what about you? It's same with James here I'm really looking forward to this and I've seen a, a quite a number of people online counting Jan Blachowicz out and that is something that's going to be a real key for Jan because there's going to be no pressure as such on him as much as there is on Izzy in this fight because not many people are expecting him to pull it out of the bag against Izzy. To be honest, I'm kind of I'm leaning towards Izzy, but I wouldn't be surprised with Yana. I've seen a couple of interviews this week and Izzy's got two paths to victory, he said one includes stopping him and the other he's not fully revealed, but it includes a submission, he said, and if he can submit Yan, that would be a real shock. I know he's got his purple belt in jiu-jitsu recently his ground game is underappreciated and that's just because we've not seen it yet but I would be shocked if he submits Yan but I personally I'm gonna I think Izzy will knock him out in the second round oh okay in the second Israel is like a huge favorite he's minus 226 right now Yan is plus 190 oh man this is a tough one because I do th- all things being equal, which they're not, I, I think Israel probably wins the fight, you know, easily. But man, going up a weight class is what's got me worried, James. I just don't. Mm. I mean, is he going to be able to move like he's accustomed to moving with all that extra weight? Is he going to be able to, you know, because man, he he's like watching Mercury, just liquid Mercury out there. He's, <laughs> it's so fun to watch. I just, I'm a little concerned. Do you think he's pretty much the same, or uh, from what I've read and from what I've heard and from the reports, I think. From what Eugene, um, his coach, has said, they're not going to sort of bulk up that drastically. So I wouldn't be surprised if he uh, sort of leans towards the 205, uh, if he weighs in at 205. I think he'll considerably weigh in a lot less. In my opinion, I'd say between 190 and probably 196, which is really, really extremely rare for a sort of title fight, and especially at that heavyweight, because for any title fight, you tend to sort of come as close as you can to the weight limit as possible. But with Adesanya, as I alluded to earlier, he's coming up and gained an extra 20 pounds. So in a way, the onus is on him to sort of control his weight and to control the approach. So I don't think he'll put on that much weight. So 
between 190 and 195, that will suit Adesanya to a T. But any further than that, then you've got to start questioning, is this the right approach? But yeah, I don't think he'll weigh in around 205 come fight night. All right, you got me convinced. I'm not going to buck I'm not going <laughs> to buck the sheet. I'm going to follow you guys. I think Israel does win. Uh, early stoppage, that, that, that's what surprised me. I thought you, I thought you guys were going to go decision. I really did. Oh, man. Um, so we'll keep an eye on that. I'm going to follow you guys and just say early stoppage. I don't know if the second or third. I'll write up the blog post you know uh on the app friday and, and see where we come out but i you know t- minus 226 might be a little bit too much to bet all right hell of a fight that this is uh, i can't cannot wait for this one amazing fight and now we've got <laughs> the next fight and even and even best is right. <laughs> <laughs> mason give us the rundown <laughs> I'll I'll take this away. Here. Obviously, Megan Anderson. She's against Amanda Nunes, who is the greatest female fighter of all time, and looking to potentially in the coming years become the greatest fighter of all time. And with the run she's on, I wouldn't be surprised. But the only thing that I think stopping her from getting that is there's a lack of contenders for her at the moment. Obviously, a past few fights she's fought Felicia Spencer, Jermaine Durandamy, Holly Holm, Chris Cyborg. Yeah, they're all great fighters, but Apart from Chris Cyborg, I think everyone expected it to win each of the other fights. I think Chris Cyborg was a bit more 50-50 as such. But yeah, Amanda Nunes, the run she's on, I think she's it's like 10, 12 wins, I think, without a loss. The last loss was back in 2014, I think, and that was against Kat, Katsunganu. And I don't see... Met. Personally, I don't see many people beating Amanda. I I don't know if it is going to be possible for Megan, but the team she's surrounded by, she's over at Glory MMA with James Krause. And as we've seen with some of James Krause's guys recently, they're on a tear at the moment. Jason Witt, Derek Minner, who's just had a really dominant fight just a couple of weeks ago at UFC Vegas 19. I think when you're surrounded by a team like that, your confidence has got to be going in at a all-time high and as me and James spoke to Derek last night and I've seen interviews with James Krause this week they're all going to be behind Megan no matter what but I I think a hell of a lot of people are underestimating Megan just because she's coming up against Amanda Nunes and as you put in the group before Arch the odds uh, next to none for (laughs) betting on Amanda Nunes pretty much so there's not much value in betting for Amanda but this is where I said one of my bets are going to shock you. I'm going to oh go make by a decision. That 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 it's too tempting. That plus what was it like six seven hundred? <sighs> it's too tempting for me, Arch. I've got I've got I've got to go for Megan Anderson by a decision. Does oh co- does co- does COVID affect like mental capability, James? Like does <laughs> I don't know. I mean, when I was at uni and I had it, I was suffering from uh, slight delusions. So I think I passed it on to Mason <laughs> by the over screen. Well, well, another point is, obviously, as we've seen in the UFC Embedded series this week, obviously, Amanda's recently become a parent and that can affect people in two different ways. So I don't know how that's going to affect her because she's not fought since becoming a parent and it will be interesting to see how she is after the big change in her life. Yeah, but Megan Anderson hasn't fought in nearly a year, which is crazy. We'll see Saturday, boys. Megan Anderson via decision. Here we go. Oh well, let's let, let's not stop there. Split, no. or, split, or I should say, majority decision or unanimous. Pick one. He's going to say majority. Yeah, you got to say majority. 
He's, he's going to say 50-45. Like, just dominate yourself for five rounds or something like that. Um, unanimous decision. Unanimous decision. Go. All right. Uh, Megan Anderson to win by unanimous decision plus 2,500. <laughs> so, yeah, Excuse 100 bucks gets you. Jesus. Yeah. There you go. Got, got you in. I mean, we're, we're in for a money weekend there then, boys. Yeah, yeah, that's that's no joke. All right, James, uh, you're following Mason, I assume. Yeah, fuck no. <laughs> Hell no. I'm not that delusional. Jesus Christ. I mean, Amanda Nunes is probably one of the greatest of all, of all time for a reason, not just in the, the female department, but in, just in general. I mean, she hasn't, as uh, Mason alluded to earlier, she hasn't lost fights since 2014. I think, yeah, I agree, you know, sometimes becoming a parent, uh, it can sort of change your mentality and whether it's for the good or whether it's for the bad, you don't know because you saw Conor McGregor in January saying, I'm, I'm fighting for my, I've got my two kids, I'm fighting for them. That's my mentality now. And then he goes on to losing against Dustin Poirier. I just don't know with Amanda Nunes. I, just, I don't think she'll, she'll have that sort of mentality, but she's just a killer to say the least. I mean, you just look at her record from start to finish. She's just smoked everybody uh, in her path. And maybe, Megan Anderson can sort of test Amanda on the feet, but then with Jermaine uh, Durandamy against Amanda Nunes, when she got tested in the kickboxing exchanges, Amanda Nunes would then initiate the takedown and sort of pick her apart on the mat. So uh, Megan Anderson's um, ground game is going to be testing this one if she decides to initiate the, the clinch and the single leg and the double leg. So you, I just, I just don't see how Megan Anderson's going to win this one. I really don't. She's a huge underdog for a reason. Again, I think if Amanda Nunes wins this fight, I would not be surprised if she retires because she's cleaned up the featherweight division. Uh, well, I say featherweight division. There's only like two fighters in there anyway. And <laughs> she's beating everyone at bantamweight. There's nobody else that appeases her. There's nobody else that's going to sort of say, oh, I'm tempted to go to training on a day-to-day basis just because I want to beat this woman up. There's nobody out there. And I wouldn't be surprised if she hangs it up. So I think she'll have that motivation and the sort of killer determination like never before in this fight. I think she's going to finish Megan Anderson uh, I'm going to go third round again, but same as the Adesanya one. Third round TKO. Third round TKO. Okay. There's no value on this fight at all. I mean, I, Mason, you're you're on the right path. I mean, yeah. If there is a anything, you you kind of want to throw a little bit of money on uh, the underdog here. But Jesus, uh, Nunez is minus ten thirty three. So you know, you throw a hundred dollars, you throw a hundred dollars on that fight, you get nine dollars in change back. So God damn, this is. I'm off this fight. I'm not touching this one. There's no value there. I don't think Megan Anderson has a snowball's chance in hell. But good luck, Mason. We're all praying for you. <laughs> all good, man. All good. All right, James. Find me some value somewhere. Well, we're about to get it with this one. Believe you me. Uh, next fight we've got is Piotr Jan versus Aljamain Sterling. And when you look at the two, I think with Jan, he's a more, well, he is a tremendous pressure fighter. For me, the stance, Jan advances on his opponents with these smart combinations. This He's got a tight defense and a ton of uh, traps sort of layered into his offense. So lately, when looking at the pair, Sterling's kicking game is, you know, he's nearly gone as responsible for his success as his wrestling expertise. He's a long bantamweight. He's happy to throw as many kicks as opponents, never really gets a chance to answer. And this is where Jan's Muay Thai experience could prove valuable. If he can avoid those kicks and control you know, the pocket and the exchanges, then maybe we'll see Jan 
dictate the fight. Even without Sterling Sanky build, I think Jan has kick counters ingrained into his being. Like he just does it for fun. Each time Sterling fires a kick, whether it's like a roundhouse kick or a front up or a side push, Jan should be answering with a counter kick or or two punches and a kick of his own, just to sort of keep the pressure keep the pressure going. I think kicks are gonna be an absolutely huge part of Sterling's offence in this fight. If he's getting cracked at all then on all of his attempted kicks, it's going to be severely limited. It's going to severely limit the challenger and draw up bad takedown attempts, which makes life, which makes Jan's life a little bit more easier. Because if Sterling sort of gassing up with those kicks and has no answer, then we're going to see Jan pick him apart. The counter kicks pressure the wrestler and watch the big strike add up. It's going to benefit Jan in this one. And as I alluded to just then. Sterling is a tremendous mix of kicks and takedowns and he's one of the nastiest strangle specialists in the game, especially at Bantamweight. He submitted Corey Sandhagen in his last fight and we've yet to see Jan really tested in his last, uh, tested on the ground uh, inside the UFC. I know, I can't remember the opponent, but the first and only person he lost to in the octagon, Jan was sort of dominated on the mat. He got taken down a lot. And then they did the rematch in that promotion. And Jan read the read those takedown attempts. He did his homework and eventually went on to slaughter that opponent. So I think he's yet to face a wrestler quite like Aljo. I know, you know, that bloke in the European promotion, probably nowhere near Aljo's level. And I'm very much looking forward to this one because if Aljo can sort of dictate the pace early on and not sort of, stay in the pockets as Jan would want and mm-hmm. sort of keep allowing Jan to put the pressure. I think Sterling has a great style to frustrate Jan as he can sort of hang further back and fling kicks at Jan and then Jan will want to push forward and try to swing for his <laughs> to swing for his jaw and then that allows Sterling's movement to duck and into a takedown, into a single or into a double and then get the fight to the floor and grapple and then we'll see Jan tested on the map. So my prediction, I'm going for an underdog here. I think Sterling will manage to get the fight to the floor and sneak a submission in there. So I'm going to go for a second round Sterling submission. Oh, nice. What about you, Mason? I, I'm in the same boat with James there. To be honest, I think Sterling is going to be able to take it to the ground. I think the first round or so, I've got, I'm favouring Petter Jan for the first couple of rounds. What are you doing over there? Are you like you like working on drywall or something? You just... <laughs> He's hyperventilating over his pick <laughs> and make an answer bit. Get the paper bag out. <laughs> the first the first round I'm favouring Piotr Jan. Yeah. And I think he's gonna have the well, he's got the striking advantage anyway. I think second well, first round uh Aljamain's gonna try to beat up the legs with some calf kicks. And I think in the past couple of months we've seen them really work in favour of guys recently and I think that will be a wise decision from Aljo to implement them into his game on Saturday and I think second round he'll probably get the takedown and then he'll move into the submission and I fully agree with James I've got Aljo via second round submission Mm, nice okay this was a razor razor thin uh, margins on this fight I'm surprised you guys were feeling so confident Mian's minus 110, Sterling's minus 101. Those are the best odds I could find. So, hell yeah, we're, you're going to get paid on this, uh, no doubt. I can't pick a side because it's, you know, it's a coin flip. It's, uh, you know, 52% to Jan, 50% to Sterling. So, it, it's pretty damn close to a coin flip. Uh, Sterling wins by submission is paying us, you know, 300, 350 in that range. That's not bad. I'll follow you guys here if you're feeling that good. I'll, I definitely want a piece of that. <laughs> Greed always wins, man. 
You should bet oh, on well, me. Well, you say that. M- Megan Anderson, then I oh, agree. <laughs> You're crazy, man. You're crazy. <laughs> For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. James, you want to take another or should we get it over to Mason and see what he's got? Well, the next one I've got is Thiago Santos and Alexander Rakic. And I think, although it is going to be a great fight, I think a lot of people are counting it out as such be- just because of the calibre of fights we've got on the main card as well with Israel, Jan, all them guys. I'm ri- Apart from the bantamweight title and the main event this is the fight i'm looking forward to the most on the card as we've seen tiago santos he's, he's a killer in the cage he's fought guys like he's fought kevin holland he's fought the jimmy manawas he's fought the yamble helovich and, and he's defeated the current champion so i think a, a dominant win here for tiago santos he could be calling for the he could be calling for the rematch with Glover and then the winner of that go for the title. In my opinion, I believe Glover deser- deserves the next title shot, but with how the UFC is working, I don't know if he will get it. But yeah, like I say, Thiago Santos has fought and defeated the, the Jimmy Manawas, the Amber Hoviches. And he's a ri- he's, I love watching him, to be honest. I think his past two fights, the fight against John Jones, great argument for him to win that fight. And I'm 50-50 on that. He, I've watched it multiple times. Sometimes I think he's won and the other times I'd edge it towards Jones. And yeah, his last fight was nowhere near his level. He got dominated by Glover Tick's area. And that just, that that wasn't Thiago Santos. But opposite the cage against him is no guy to mess with. Viva, Alexander Rakic. The, but like I said, Thiago Santos has fought Jimmy Manawara and so has Alexander Rakic and he's knocked him out. His last fight was against Anthony Smith and wow, that was a real dominant fight on Rakic's half. And to be honest, I do like watching Rakic, but I don't know if he's going to be able to handle Santos. So if I'm giving my... It's a tough decision, but I'm going to edge it towards Thiago Santos via a unanimous decision. James? Um, With this one, I mean... 
it, this is a, a majorly risky fight for Santos. I think this isn't the same Thiago Santos that fought John Jones ever since that knee injury against Jones. I don't think he's he's been the same fighter. I know he's had one fight since, and obviously, as Mason alluded to there, what, that was against Clover Teixeira, whereby he wasn't himself. I think in that fight, Thiago's aggression cost him dearly. And I just don't know. I think with Santos, since his move up to light heavyweight, he's changed his fighting style. You know, he can no longer simply destroy his opposition with a single kick. He'll tend to sort of throw everything with major power and tends to work in a high volume manner. Strategically, he tends to rotate fight to fight between absolutely wild aggression and then more patient counter striking. Uh, and against a high talented wrestler in Rakic, the calm approach probably seems the best approach to take in this one with Santos. If he's too risky in his offence, then maybe he's going to end up on the bottom and beneath Rakic, which is certainly going to pay dividends for the Austrian. Uh, so instead, I think Santos has to move to has to move his feet and break Rakic down because he's a sharp, hard, hard hitter himself, Santos. And with Rakic, he's, a, he's such a tall and strong uh, bloke for the 205-pound division. So this is going to be a very, very tough fight for Santos. Rakic has a very classic Muay Thai game that mixes well with his powerful takedowns. And I don't know with this one. I think Rakic's opportunity to wrestle, he's going to look to exploit that. And I think with Santos, you know, he is difficult to take down when he sees the shot coming. But if he's lunging in for a punch, Rakic has a better chance to shoot and catch him off guard. So I genuinely think Rakic is going to be a lot more strategic in this fight and eventually go on to get the decision victory because I really feel like Alexander Rakic is going to be one of the next top guys. Nice. So to split decision on you guys for decision. Uh, Santos is plus 138. Rakic is minus 155. So Santos is the slight underdog. I think there's enough value there. I want a piece of Santos. I'm going to bet him, you know, plus 138 just to win the fight. If I wanted to take, you know, Mason's advice and decision, that pays pretty well. Uh, Santos by decision, it's like plus 800 at some books. So that's not bad. And Rakic by decision plus 225. So you both are getting paid no matter what happens on this one. All right, James, what do you got next up? Uh, well, it was easy to go with either Dominic Cruz versus Case Kenny or Makachev versus Drew Dober, but I thought I'd go way, way, way down this. And one of the first fights of the night, which is Kennedy and Zuchukwu versus Carlos Sulberg. And in this fight, we've got a lot of guys from the City Kickboxing Academy fighting. I think we've got, obviously, Israel Adesanya, Kai Karafantz, and now in this one, Carlos Sulberg, who I believe is making his MMA debut. Now, I know he's 3-0, and and you look at Kennedy, 7-1, and but Kennedy hasn't fought in, like, 20 months, and he just doesn't seem to have that determination and the edge to sort of go in on a, like a, into a fight and it doesn't really tend to accept fights and hence why we've not seen him for a while. Alberg is coming through the contender series and he knocked out Bruno Oliveira with a vicious left hook to secure that UFC contract. And to be honest with you, you look at the city boxing guys, I genuinely wouldn't be surprised if Alberg uh, doesn't brutalize Kennedy because I think the, the Nigerian in Kennedy, his lack of interest in initiating the grappling gives Allberg free reign just to sort of unleash his power, striking Arsenal, which absolutely eclipses Kennedy in terms of his speed, his power, his technique, and his versatility. And to make things worse for Kennedy, Allberg is very extremely adept at fighting southpaws. Therefore, unless sort of the bright lights get to Allberg a little bit and he gets a bit too tentative to 
let the offence go. I just think Kennedy's going to be in for a will as weapon, as the Americans say in this one. Um, expect Allberg to exploit Kennedy's weakness when it comes to the low kicks, as uh, Stosic did, compromising Kennedy's movement until the sort of reach difference ceases to be a factor. So from there on in, I think it's going to be a case of how Allberg finishes the fight. Can he get it done with a vicious head kick or vicious sort of counter strikes early on? I don't know. I think this one will be a feeling out process because it's his UFC debut. He won the first round to sort of pick him apart and then eventually Carlos Allberg will win the fight in the second round via TK. Mason, you on this one? Um I'll I'll talk well, I'm not I won't go in depth about it. I agree with James there, but I've got um Allberg by a decision, I think. UFC debut, yeah, he's going to put on a show, but I think he might be a bit tentative with going all out for the finish during the fight, just in case he got caught or anything. But uh, I've got no doubt he'll get the win, but I think okay. he'll be by a decision. This is a tough one. My stats don't do so well with new fighters, so I, I, I'm going to lean Kennedy here. He's plus 202. I think he's got a shot. Oh, oh. Uh, Carlos is minus two forty-two. So yeah, I would lean that way towards Kennedy, but I'm I'm off this fight. All right, Mason, what do you got up next? Um, next up, I've got Kaikara France and Rogerio Bonterin. I've probably butchered his name there, but I get, like James alluded to, there's quite a few guys from the City Cup kickboxing gym: Israel Adesanya, Kaikara France, Olberg. I'm looking forward to this one because his last fight out for Kaikara France against Brandon Royval, he could have won, but he ended up getting caught in the submission early in the second round. And now he's he's not been on, well, past three fights, he's lost two out of his last three, which isn't the greatest runs when you want to be up there challenging for the titles. So I think this is going to be a, this is a must-win fight for Kaikara France, I think. If he wants to be one of the guys out of City Kickboxing who is world champions, he's this is a must win. And to be honest, I'm a bit 50-50 on how he's going to win. I think he could get a TKO maybe late on, but I'm going to say a decision on Kaikara France just because I think he's, he's training leading up to this. I think he's just going to be going all out he's going to be doing everything he can to get that win again and i just don't think anyone's going to stop him to be honest i think he's going to be a real contender in this next year is a make or break year for all right James, are you France, on this in my one? opinion i haven't got this one written down but i'm probably leaning towards kaikara via decision on this one both men are coming off of a loss and uh Rogerio Bonterin is coming off of a defeat to Ray Borg, which is well over a year ago. And I think with Kaikara, maybe the sort of city kickboxing they're going to be having, all those teammates fighting on the same card, maybe will give him the sort of confidence booster that he needs going into this one. You look at Kaikara France, I mean, he's got, you know, almost, I think he's got 30 professional fights under his belt. For a 27-year-old, that's just absolutely incredible to see. Whereas you've got Rogerio, he's fought 18 times and... I don't know. This one, I think if Kaikara doesn't get taken down early and can sort of initiate and become the better fighter in the exchanges on the feet, I think he will control this fight and get the decision victory. But if Rogerio takes the fight to the floor, then, you know, he might get the submission. But I don't see anyone finishing anyone in this fight. So I'm going to probably lean right. towards Kaikara via decision. Kaikara is minus 138. I do have him winning the fight. 
<laughs> but it's just slightly too much to ask for from Vegas at the minus 138. So I'll lean that way, but I'm, I'm not touching this fight. All right, James, you got any other fights? Uh, I think my next fight I've got, I think this is my final one, I've got Sean Brady versus Jake Matthews. And this is a, an interesting fight to say the least. I'm very much looking forward to this one because you got a guy in Sean Brady who's 13 and 0, he's undefeated, and his undefeated record will be put to the test in this one against a guy like Jake Matthews who is very well-rounded in his approach, but he's very comfortable on his feet. And I think from me, in my personal opinion, I think Brady's the favourite here. And for a few reasons that stick out. One is a given. He's obviously got the undefeated record. His confidence is going to be through the roof right now. And when you're undefeated, you think you can beat everyone. And the more guys you beat, the more of opportunities you're going to get to push through the rankings. And I think he really will be a top contender in the sort of years to come, this fight will prove that. And I think the other would be his uh, aggressive approach when it comes to striking each minute. I think with uh, Jake Matthews, he tends to absorb a lot. And and, and so does um, Brady, but I think Brady's more precise in his movement and in his accuracy. And if he can land clean and pick Jake Matthews apart, I genuinely think Sean Brady will control proceedings for the full 50 minutes. I don't think we'll see a finish in this one. I just think... I don't think both men have the sort of power and the ability to finish each other, but you never know this. The MMA game is very crazy and Jake Matthews could have what it takes to get the job done. But like I said, with Brady, he's undefeated. He's well balanced wherever the fight goes. And I think he will be a handful for any sort of contender within his ranks in the near future. So I'm going to go for a Sean Brady by decision. I'm liking the looks of Brady today. It's going to be a big test this weekend against Jake Matthews. He's very well-rounded. An excellent fight, certainly. So, Sean Brady by decision for me. Um, I'm leaning towards the same decision as James Sean Brady via a decision there. I just think, I don't think either guy is going to finish each other. I think Sean's going to want to keep that undefeated record. He's going to want to keep that O. I don't think Jake's going to have enough to finish him. I think it's a toss-up for a decision, I think. Both guys are very talented, but... I'm leaning towards yeah, Brady. Yeah, this is a very decision. close fight. I agree with you. I think Sean Brady wins. He's minus 207, just straight money line. That's too high to pay. Too much to ask for him. I don't know if he's going to win, you know, 67% of the time. Uh, Brady wins by decision, though, plus 130. So you're getting a little getting a little bit of value there. So I like that. But definitely a lean on Sean Brady here. Mason, what do you got left? Well, I've got one more left, and it's the main fight on the prelims, Dominic Cruz and Casey Kenny. And I've gone for a bit of a different approach. I think everyone is, ex- well, I've seen a lot of people expect Dominic Cruz just to get in there, get out, dominant 15 minutes. And it's going to be a lot tougher than everyone's making it out to be. Casey Kenny, I know, I know he fought four times last year and he only lost once. So he's won three out of his last four. He's on a really good run at, at the minute. He's, he had a fight with Nathaniel Wood over in October, I believe. Yes, it was a unanimous decision, but I see many people f- think that it could have gone both ways. I did have it go in Casey Kenny's way. And to be honest, there's no need to give an introduction to Dominic Cruz. He's fought the Hoothoos. He's fought Uri Faber, TJ Dillashaw, Cody Garbrandt, the great guys like that. But I think Dominic Cruz is done, to be honest, Arch. If I was going to choose, I think the ground game is going to be a lot for Dom to handle. I've got Casey 
Casey, okay. can you value a decision? James, you on board? No, I'm going for Dominic Cruz. I mean, I'm a big fan of Dominic Cruz. And, you know, you can say he's finished, but I, I don't think he should have stepped into that fight against Henry Cejudo. I mean, he hasn't fought... Before his fight with Henry Sudo, I think his last fight was like nearly four years ago. Before that, it was a wrong approach to take. Originally, it was supposed to be Jose Aldo. So going into this one, Casey Kenny, don't get me wrong, he's a really talented fighter. But I think Cruz, this is going to be a big test. I mean, if he can win, then maybe some fans will be on board of that resurgence within Dominic Cruz where he can get back up the bantamweight. But if he loses this weekend, then I, all right, I'll hold my hand up and say, yeah, all right, maybe he's truly done because Casey Kenny, he's a top contender, but he's not there yet. He's not the finished article. He's coming off of a great win. But I think Cruz's takedown is just too precise for Kenny's lethal grappling to have any impact. And Cruz's striking ability on the feet I know Kenny is very good on the feet as well, but Cruz is probably one of the best strikers in the division on his day. I just think Cruz's toolbox is just sort of enough to put sort of uh, Casey Kenny to ease and to really control the fight for the 415. I don't think we'll see a finish on Cruz's behalf, but I just think his sheer movement and his versatility and his uh, deep toolbox will get the job done in this one. I'm going to go for... Are you going to bet that? Just, this are you leaning that way? It may be the bars with me. I, to be, if I was to bet on that fight, okay. I would bet a decision got, in favor of Cruz. I've got Dominic Cruz uh, losing the fight. He's plus 118. And Casey Kennedy is minus one thirty six. This is really close. I've, I've got it like, you know, fifty one to forty nine for Kenny. It's so close. I'm gonna lean Kenny here, but I'm not touching this one. This is this is a very close fight. All right. Mason, you're good. And James, yeah, you're good as well, right? Man. All right, I've got two fights I wanted yeah, to look at. You guys can just give me the thumbs up, thumbs down. You don't have to break it down in much detail. Yadong Song is fighting <laughs> Kyler Phillips. Yadong Song is minus 152. I don't think that's too much to lay. I'm going to lay 152 on Song to win 100. I think he wins and uh, takes care of business against Kyler Phillips. Yeah, yeah I agree with you there, man. James? Yeah, yeah, same with me. I'm on board. I've got right, some by go. decision. I like that. And I've got one more fight. I think there's some value here. I think Tim Elliott, he's plus 102 against Jordan Espinoza. I think he's got enough of a shot. And you get paid a little bit, plus 102. So I'm going to take a piece of there and, and bet Tim Elliott. I'm, I'm 50-50 yeah, on no. that. I think it could go out James? of the way. Yeah, no, I'm in total agreement with you there. I think nice. Tim Elliott will get it done. Just quickly, I think Jordan Espinosa is very susceptible of his back and he will tap out eventually. Tim Elliott is a you know brutal on his back and can get a lot of nasty submissions under his belt. So Tim Elliott. There it is. I love it. All right. That's it, man. That was a hell of a card. This is this is exciting. We haven't gone this long in a while, but there's so many fights to talk about. Fantastic stuff. All right. So exactly. Sports Sesh, that's where you guys hang out. That's where you guys are interviewing, you know, some, some real names now. Indeed, last night we had UFC's Derek Minner, like we had said earlier in the show, had the dominant win over UFC Vegas 19. I think, yeah, I can say it now. Uh, tomorrow we've got the UFC's Miranda Maverick on, so we've, and we've got two more at the weekend, including LFA flyweight champion Vic Altamirano, who won at LFA 100. So, yeah, we've got some real names coming That's up. That's very cool, next man. That's of awesome. Weeks. 
All right, so sports sesh, link in the description. You can follow James and Mason on Twitter, link in the description there as well. But, guys, that's it. Get the hell out of here. Cheers, man. Take care, mate. Information on this podcast may not be construed to offer any kind of investment advice or recommendations. Under no circumstances will the owner-operators of this podcast be held responsible for damages related to its contents. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.